What it do, everybody? It's Jamal. And I'm Brandon. And this is the way we fall. What it do, baby? When did you get a grill? I got a grill when the Astros won the World Series. I told myself if they won the World Series, I was going to get a grill with the Astros emblem. And if the Dynamo win a championship, I'm going to get the top row with the Dynamo emblem. Oh, bro, you need to take a picture of that grill for me. So that way we can utilize that at work for something. Because that would actually be pretty legit. Well, we're not here to talk Astros. We're here to talk (laughs) Dynamo. We're here to talk Purple Kits. Brandon... If Mattress Matt can wear a grill and have his double cup and stick Jolly Ranchers in it, well, damn it, why can't I? <laughs> I'm here for it, man. I mean, it's one of those where uh, I see why you're doing that. I think uh, you're leaning <laughs> all in, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. So, Brandon, we decided to do this episode two days later because we wanted to do an instant reacts reaction on the kit. What do you think about the Hustletown kit? Uh, just give us your thoughts. Unfiltered. Let's hear it. Um, so when it first leaked out, I don't know it, I have mixed feelings about it. I, I think I'm trying, I like the idea that it's purple. I think that's about it. Um, I'm looking at it here in front of me right now. My favorite thing about it, actually, the underrated thing is in like the bottom left corner where it's like the outline of Texas and says HOU in it. That's actually pretty legit. We need a with the screw we, with the screw. Yeah. We need to utilize that. Not only like in the stadium, but just like on flags. I, I I think that thing looks pretty legit. The orange piping is, is okay. I, I like the tie in of that. I'm not a big fan of the orange numbers on the back. I do wish we would have tied in the silver that we have on the front and just added in a little bit more flair. But my overall reaction is I like that. It's a change from the original black. I know a lot of people online aren't, aren't really thrilled about it, but for me, I'm indifferent, but it's better than our previous one. Yeah, so I, you know, I mentioned in our text group, we got a lot of uh, engagement today with our posts and people are split. Like, that's the only way to put it. It's almost like 50-50. It feels like people were all about it. Some people not so much. Um, Even the Mike Jones song, I I said something about the Mike Jones song. We know how I feel about it amongst the two of us and people were clapping back. Look, I'm a Houston hip hop head. I don't know if I've met anybody that is more passionate about Houston's music scene than I am or... Not to like to my own horn, but knows more. I'm a history major, and my final paper in college was the history of Houston hip hop and how it affected the music that we know today, like Drake, ASAP Rocky, all that. And so, like, I'm like a savant when it comes to this stuff. So, <laughs> that part of me, I love. Like, I love that they're pushing in into this lean culture, into the Houston hip hop scene. Like, say what you want. But Houston is probably more the hip hop culture in Houston has been more uh, what's the word I'm looking for has been more influential than anything else. Like, yeah, there's a big country scene. There's, you know, ZZ Top. Houston has a lot of scenes, but as far as being influential, uh, the hip hop is probably the most influential. So I love that they went all in the couple things that bothered me. The first was that it's very plain. Um, Our producer, Shay, came up with a template that I love that had the smoke. Put like a city outline, put something else, put make it different. Um, I just don't like that they threw it on and it can look kind of Clemson-y, yeah. um, which I don't like. Um, the other thing I don't like, like, so when I worked in with a soccer team, our alternate kit, we used a different sponsor. So the sponsors have their promised like 16 games or whatever it is. And then for the alternate kits, we get a different sponsor. Like, It's not, they're never going to admit it, but we're leaning into that culture, right? The lean culture, the purple syrup, all that. It's taken away many of our artists, unfortunately. And then in the front of it, you have MD Anderson cancer, like, you know, oxymoron there. Yeah. So I just wish they would have went with a different sponsor because, you know, it's like, it's MD Anderson cancer center. And then we're, you know, why purple? Well, purple lean. So those are my my two biggest gripes, but look, I'm I'm all for it, and um, I love that they uh, they did that story earlier. I tweeted about it um, about the graphics guy and everything he's done with with uh, different artists in Houston. Um, there's so many cool stories like that, and so many stories that don't get told. And I love that the Dynamo have a platform, and they're going to tell that story. I just like that's what I mean when I say be genuine. Like tell cool stories like that. Be genuine in what your goal is. 
Um, cause I don't need you to force a Mike Jones goal song down my throat. <laughs> like stuff will naturally happen. And so doing things like this, um, will really embrace our culture. And I always use Atlanta United as an example, because they've done a good job of embracing the hip hop culture with the soccer club. Their goal song is, or their intro song is we're ready. Uh, I forget what their goal song is, but it's all just organic things that just happened. And so I think this is a huge step in the right direction for the dynamo They They finally feel cool. Um, I think I told you I just um, ordered my purple jersey, which I'm excited for, which um, which will get me on a rant. But uh, is there anything else you wanted to, to mention before I go off, before I become a Karen? Yeah, dude, before we dive in too far, we, I think there is one thing we have to mention about the kit. And it's what do you think the front office reaction was to James Harden? Because they kind of had it spoiled by him storming in to into the stable center already wearing it the day before the release. I think they were fine with it just because of the engagement it got. Um, I mean, would you rather have that leak or the, what was that other leak that like half an oh. MLS squads? I mean, Oh yeah. On uh, FIFA or the new FIFA. Yeah. On the FIFA. Yeah. Yeah. So FC. like I, I had, I had asked you uh, when the, uh, the gentleman that I guess they used his cars for the announcement had, put on his Instagram. I asked you guys, I was like, was that purposely done to get people talking? And the reason I said that was because like my old boss always wanted to do crap like that. He was like, let's find a, a reflection somewhere where we can tease something. So I know some people are about that. I don't know. I, I we've talked to folks. I don't want to like throw anyone's name under the bus, but they've mentioned like Carden's not really involved with the team at all. Like his name is behind that's it. And that's about it. So uh, there's a good chance he just went rogue and, and the front office is like this, this guy right um but there's also a chance they're like well it's getting more engagement than it probably would have gotten had he not done it i know but it's like you couldn't have worn it today tomorrow i mean you, you had to do it the day before so i don't think it's a good look in terms of that but whatever you're right it's gotten buzz pick up people hate it love it but whatever at least we're talking about a dynamo kit and it seems to be tracking everywhere yeah and it's not like like here's my other thing with it you can hate it, but at the end of the day, there's a story behind it. It's one thing to have an ugly kit, and it's just ugly. <laughs> at least at least there's a cool story behind it, right? And you can talk about yeah. – uh, somebody had responded to one of our tweets like, oh, well, Houston is purple. And then another guy was like, well, why is it purple? And it just created that dialogue where people can talk about the story of, of the lean culture, the hip-hop culture. So I just like that there's a cool story behind it, and it represents something uh, with, with the city of Houston. Um, so before we continue, I'll just read uh, what the Jersey um, story was based off what the uh, Dynamo had tweeted out. So our 2024 Jersey is a proud tribute to Houston's vibrant hip hop culture that has made a name for our city. The still holding Jersey represents the creativity and hustler mentality that defines every Houstonian. The Jersey's colors are chrome accents. The Jersey's colors and chrome accents, excuse me, pay homage to the iconic candy paint slabs known for riding slow and banging screw. The innovative chopped and screwed sound, born here, gives Houston its special voice. The orange streak symbolize the bustling energy that flows through our city. The Still Holden jersey is a tribute to all Houstonians who share our deep love and pride for the city of Houston and day after day are still holding it down. As you said, Brandon, I wish we would have went with the chrome numbers because um, if we're really we're freezing the chrome accents to pay homage to the slabs, it's just too much orange with that purple. I think the chrome would have looked excellent uh, with the numbers. So um, go ahead. The only thing, the only thing, if we added in the chrome numbers, I wonder if it would have been difficult to read from afar. That's my be. only knock. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure it is. I mean, you can then you can argue like, do you do chrome and then just a light orange outline? I don't know. We could have been a little bit. I think just more creative than just going strictly orange or at least just do orange and then maybe chrome it out on the edge. You know what I mean? It's just, I think a touch more say of that. that chrome. I yeah, think the chrome with the orange, with the orange outline would have been perfect. Cause then you, you could have seen at least the outline, yeah. um, but it's a, it's a cool start. So I'm all for it. Um, now what's your rant against this thing? <laughs> I think it's everybody's. Oh no, no, no. This is probably just me. So like, First year season ticket holder, right? And I'm trying yeah. to use all my perks that I can. So I get this email today. Uh, hi, Jamal. As a first team member of the Houston Dynamo, get ready to unlock your exclusive savings and show your team spirit like never before. 
Our stadium team store has a new mobile site where you can order your gear in advance, pick up in the store. Plus, you can use your 10% member discount on all team purchases with code DINOWHATEVER. Your first chance to use the mobile team store will be tonight at 7.30 p.m. Keep your eyes peeled this evening for an exciting new release and the opportunity to pick up in store this weekend and flaunt your team pride at a discounted price. But wait, there's more. As a member, you get 10% off online orders from MLSstore.com with cold hold it down. Now, reading that, would you assume that the new kit would be available using that code? Especially with the release. And we're, there's one there's one sentence that says, keep your eyes peeled for an exciting new release and the opportunity yeah. to pick it up in store this weekend and flaunt your team pride at a discounted price. Now, here goes me flexing that I'm going to get a discounted price to everyone I know when I put in this said code. We are unable to apply a discount to your order because your items are excluded from this promotion. What? That's great. That's what I got so, at the MLS store. Yeah, I need but to... you know what? You know what they're Go going to say, right? It's just it, they're talking about merchandise in general, not that specific one. I, it, but I mean, I'm with you. It implies that it's going to go towards that New Jersey release. But I'm sure they're talking like, oh, we release new T-shirts we got and socks. polos. Yeah, no, 100%. And so you're allowed to use that terminology. So what happens is people rush to the store, are going to buy it. And then when they try the code and it doesn't work, they're going to say whatever anyway, and then hopefully buy it. Yeah, so like, it's already and here. Then, yeah, it's in my shopping cart. Exactly. And then they're like, well, now I have this whatever percent off, and you'll probably buy something else. So like, I think it's, a. I mean, I, I granted, I'm probably being like, that's shady, but that is the verbiage that probably would have let them get away with it. So, I mean, I, I texted the, uh, the account representative. So hopefully, cause I was through the, t- the MLS store. I need to check the actual team store. Um, so I'm hoping that'll work, but, uh, you know, life got in the way, then I had to jump on this. So I don't have that final answer yet, but I just wanted to share that exciting news. Cause I was pumped to get the purple kit. Um, but here I am. But the price point, the price point is ridiculous. Like I know that's everybody's gripe right now. And you and I aren't going to lay a hot take by agreeing with it, but it is absolutely absurd. Like, why is it that expensive? So that's if you want the uh, the authentic with all the patches, the Apple um, TV um, shoulder patch, that is 160, 170 after taxes. If you want the uh, the like, what is it? The replica that's um, 90 some over 100 bucks. And then if you want the team player nameplate, all that stuff, uh, you're looking at about 200 bucks. Um, absurd. It's crazy. And it's like the kits haven't changed from five years ago. It's not like the quality's any better. Yeah. And the worst part is that like, they're going to sell, people are going to buy them. MLS might have its most kits sold ever with Messi and, and his whole crew out there in Miami. So it's like, you know, we can like bitch and moan about it, but unfortunately it's a, uh, it's a uh, consumer market and people are just going to keep buying it. It's it's it, like you said, it's getting ridiculous. And it's, I think it's getting to the point where we're pricing out fans. Yes. I mean, uh, at this point, by the time you bought the kit, you could almost like purchase your season tickets in hustle town. Like it's absurd. It's, yeah. it's way, it's way too expensive for, for something that if you're going to market it that high, then you should be making a deal to people who buy into your season tickets. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things that like, I know we, we didn't want to really get too deep into it because this is across the board. It's not a dynamo thing. It's not, uh, yeah, just, just like MLS, like it's, it's across the board. Kids are getting just ridiculous. And as someone who loves kids, it's kind of, kind of a big bummer. So yeah, I'm um, about to move back to Southeast Asia so I can go buy all the, the copy ones on the side of the road and just be like, all right, oh, man. Good <laughs> I have, a. I think I've worn it on, on the show a few times. I have this, I have some America kits that I get when I go to Mexico city. They're literally five us bucks. I mean, they fit weird. I, I like, yeah. it fits me like I'm Quasimodo with like a hunchback and stuff, <laughs> but it's like dude, five bucks. It's a cool workout shirt. So can't complain. I'm with you. Those are always like going to get destroyed, but they're just cool. At least to wear a couple of times. Yeah. No kidding. So, all right. So we're in a unanimous decision. We like the kits. Uh, it's not for everybody, but as we said, it's a cool story. Brandon, what is our next topic today? So we're going to kind of dive a lot into what MLSsoccer.com is releasing. So they're the official website. They've released a couple of things. One of them is an interesting article where they've broken down all the Eastern and Western conference 
2024 breakout players of the year. So they're saying for all these players, you're on a watch list of like, hey, you can do something here for your squad. We could break down other teams, but who cares, right? In this case, who do you think they selected for the Dynamo first? To have a breakout year in 2024? Yes. Uh, I guess Dorsey, just based off what he did last year. So in their eyes, I guess he's already been broken the way they've kind of framed it around this. No, they're talking about Aliyu. They think Aliyu is going to do it simply for one thing. He's going to get a million minutes because of all the injuries, the departure of Baird. This article is not essentially saying that like, hey, watch this guy. He's going to tear it up. It's more like he's going to produce because what else you got? And so... And they're right. In this case, they're talking about, hey, he might be able to do it on the wing. We don't know if he can. But in this case, he's going to get a whole lot of opportunity to do it. That's a was, little bit <laughs> demeaning. Was this, uh, was this written post Quinones injury? No, it was talking about, yeah, and the bad luck injury to Quinones. They talked about Corey Baird leaving. And then they're also talking about the injuries to Herrera. So it, it was just last week when they wrote this. Interesting. I mean, ideally, I would have I would have liked to hear Sebas. Um, I mean, I hope he has a breakout <laughs> year. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. He he does have the opportunity. Um, I mean, that's kind of his spot to lose. Uh, I mean, where do we go from here with with Quinones put on season, on the season ending list? Do we go? Do we swing for a bigger name? Do we just try to find uh, like patch it up with a band aid? Where do you think we go from here? Having Aleu on the wing. Well, so one thing that you're leading uh, alluded to was the fact that now that Kionis is out for the season, that's been reported. I'm not a thousand percent sure how it works out. The only thing I know is his slot is now open to a full DP. I know we had a DP slot before, but with his injury, since he's a U22 initiative or whatever, now it becomes full DP. I, again, I don't get how that works, but what essentially that means is we could land a whale. So the Griezmann thing does come back into play as like a, a smile, but it also does come back into play in a way with us having a full DP slot. My big issue is a lot of names are already off the board in terms of possible strikers. So that makes it a little bit difficult. You're going to have to swing for the fence, but for a winger, Aliu might work. I think a lot of people have also forgotten Brad Smith. I'm going to get back on his hype train because he was recovering from a really gruesome knee injury. But he was very serviceable when he was with the Sounders. He has international experience with especially our club, Liverpool. So I'm going to get start backing him up. He wasn't awful in the moments that he came in last season. Was he a breakout star? No, but he does hustle and he does put good balls into the box. So I'm, I'm okay with him having serviceable minutes. I think as long as we can hold the tide here, the big thing is can Seba score goals? If he can, and then we have the return of, of Hector, I think we're in much better shape than people realize. Well, speaking of that position, we've had a few people mention Albert Elise. Do you think that's a realistic option for us? I would love it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think everybody would love it. He, Him on that wing would be glorious, especially in this system. He was supposed to come back. The His, his contract essentially broke down with New England. Thank God. But I... I don't know. I would love for him to come back. I, I think that would be something the fans would get behind. But I don't get it. I don't really know what we're doing. I don't understand how much money we really have available. Pat's been awesome about answering things, except for that. Like I, it, it's, it's just to me like, hey, here's some realistic possibilities we could get. We don't have any idea what that is. The uh, cynic in me feels like Pat doesn't even know what's going on. He just like puts together an option. He's like, hey, does this work? Is Do we get the green light on this? I mean, it, it's confusing. And I'm, that's not really against Pat. That's just more so against the MLS, the TAM, the GAM. Like, I, I don't understand it all. I have read that we do have an option, like you said, to land that whale. I just don't know who makes sense. Um, and like you said, who's available at a realistic price? I would love Albert Delise. Um, I feel like that guy just i wish we would have had them had him with this current squad he i feel like he was just like wasting away i was compared to like andre johnson when he was with the texans and when <laughs> we were like miserable um so i would love an option like that i feel like that'd be a huge like um a huge like just an excitement 
a huge excitement boost for the fans to get ready for this season after the disappointing news with Quinones and Herrera. And we haven't even kicked the ball once, and the injury bug has hit us pretty hard. <laughs> well, um, hold on. Before we transition, though, let me throw a hypothetical to you. Should we start to become the club that plays young kids and hope that these guys develop? Because we've spent a lot of money this offseason developing Dynamo Dose. Should we start to play these guys and then just hopefully they can turn out and we can sell them for tens of millions and really build this squad. But that's like, cause we talked about this last week. We're not taking the steps to become that club. Like we talked about Carolina core taking pretty decent names, Papa and Dayu. And then, but at the same token, like, uh, uh, Who's the kid, uh, the Colombian kid that just left overseas? Like, it just seems like every time there's a player who shows some kind of promise, they're gone. I'm surprised we still have Brooklyn Reigns, if I'm being completely honest with you. I just, I don't, I don't trust this club to develop young players, build them up, and then sell them off. We just don't have the resume so far. We don't really have but any examples. But we don't play them. Like, we started with Brooklyn Reigns. He played a little bit last year, showed some flashes, and then we're like, all right, that's enough of that. So, I, I just feel like we don't give guys opportunities. No, yeah, and I agree with you. That's why I'm saying, like, I don't think we're that club. Um, I would like, we, just because my patience is so thin, I would like to just invest on older guys right now and then build off of that. Like, just build a culture, build a winning culture with these younger guys using that first team. Because um, I just, yeah. I, we've taken so many missteps. Yeah, but first home game is in nine days, man. Like, we, we can't sign all these guys, get them used to what we've been doing. At least these young players have been with us in preseason. At this moment, with all these injuries and lack of depth, you're kind of at, like, hands are tied. They're going to have to play at this moment. So I think we should start to have a realistic outlook of how much more minutes should we possibly give these people, and then hopefully in the winter transfer or the next one, then we splurge. Well, you kind of bring up – well, we were gonna, you you allude to what our next topic. So Frisco and Benfica strike a partnership. Based on everything that's happening with us this season, is this something that the Dynamo should look into for the future? I think so. Um, they're essentially what they're doing is utilizing strategy and coaching, and their players can kind of train over there, and their players can kind of train over here. It's not like so much like, hey, we're short a winger get on over here. Like you're not, it's not a minor league system. It's more like a partnering system and we just utilize each other's strategies and coaches. Benefica, what they don't understand is for their youth development team, they are like the best in the world. They've won it th- the championship for uh, best youth development three times. So like really, really strong. You look at Frisco down there. Uh, I was looking at the stat. What is it? It's a, uh, 37 FC Dallas Academy players have signed for the club's first team, the highest number in major league soccer, while eight players currently hold roster spots. So that's incredible. If you're looking at it from an MLS standpoint, 37 players have signed to a first team squad and eight currently are on their roster right now. We need to become that. The thing that worries me about that is that in those kind of relationships, there's always a winner and a loser, and the loser is usually the the smaller team. If we partner with somebody, I would prefer we partner in a situation where we're the the bigger team, the the more the more financially stable team. I would love to partner with like a second division team in Brazil, and we use them to either develop our players or get some of their players and develop them through our system. Uh, so I like the idea, but I don't like it to where we're teaming up with like a Benfica or like a Porto or, or another bigger team overseas. I mean, you kind of alluded it to it before. What have we really done with our young guys? So at this point we might as well try something new and strike up a five-year deal and just see what it can do. Because if we're going to keep just signing Dynados players and do nothing with them, then isn't that just wasted funds? I mean, what are we doing? Yeah, I guess like for me, I just think of like, New York city and the man city group or like the red bull group, like the red bull. There's only one really successful team in that red bull hierarchy. I just don't want to be in a situation where we're either left with scraps or we build someone up just to lose him to, to the mother mothership. But the big difference is Benefica isn't, I mean, don't get me wrong, big club in Portugal. They're going to play in champions leagues, but they're not going to win 
Champions Leagues. They're going to just have a kind of a really good youth academy. Like, for instance, I would love if the Dynamo paired with Ajax, a club that produces kind of like what Benefica does. You're going to get these young studs that you can sell for millions and millions of dollars. That's what we need to do here. We need to develop these guys into young studs where we can just even sell one and pay for five years of success in the MLS. That's how you have to win here, especially in a salary cap sport. They're teaming up with... Well, no, I don't think they have agreement with FC Dallas. I think they just bought Pepe outright, right? Am I... Yeah. Um, yeah, because he was... Yeah, he's he's been traveling around. Yeah, yeah. He was in the Dutch well, leagues for a little bit. Well, speaking of buying players and um, all that fun stuff, that takes us to Inter-Miami. Um, I'll let you tell that that little tidbit of information involving Miami. So essentially the news is they have to shed GAM specifically, and they have to do it ASAP. A lot of people are now are starting to wonder how they did this because we, we mentioned it a bunch. Like, I don't get how they keep just having influx of cash to keep doing this. And now it's starting to catch up, and it seems like, oh, you don't. So they have come out and specifically said, you need to shed money now and quickly. And so because of that, big names can fall off the board, obviously not like Suarez and, and Messi. But in this case, uh, Jean Mota, Andre Yedlin, Robert Taylor, uh, Christophs, like those are big-time MLS players that if they're available, I hope we are first in line to get them. There's one name that you said that I would be all about, and it's not necessarily because I think he's the best from that list, but he's exactly what we need, and that was Robert Taylor. Like when I saw that story and I saw Robert Taylor, I was like, I hope Pat was on the phone before the story was even out. He's uh, (laughs) primarily left winger. Um, I mean, I you know, I love his, I love what he what he can bring to us, whether it be on the bench or starting. I would trust him over Aleu on the left wing, to be completely honest. Um, I just hope he's not too comfortable with uh, with his number 16 because I don't think there's any way Papa Herrera's letting go of that number. No, you're right. I agree with that. I, I think the name that probably a lot of people that caught their ears was DeAndre Yedlin since he was a national team player. But we don't really need a right back, and I don't think we really need him. And so I, I, I he's like my least interesting on that list. Yeah, I think like he's the – he's like – He's a name, right? But he's yeah. not what we need. He's not the player he used to be. And I mean, like, not to take anything away from him, but his style of play, these really fast guys, once you hit that certain age, those guys crash pretty quickly and pretty hard. And I mean, he, yes. he doesn't have this that deadly speed that, that made him stand out years before that took him to the Premier League. So, and again, we're pretty, pretty healthy with there. I've seen some clips of Tate Schmidt banging him from outside the box. Uh, I'm pretty comfortable with that back line. Um, I really like love the idea of Robert Taylor. Like I, I'm trying to like calm myself down because I don't know if that would happen. But I, I really, really like that idea of getting Robert Taylor in a dynamo in a purple jersey. I agree. I think yeah, from pink to purple. What a what a great transition. Uh, so something that actually affects now all of MLS. So people not remember. When the story broke of the U.S. Open Cup of, hey, we're not going to use our players anymore, people got pissed, right? And then it came out, nope, we're not going to do that. Well, what people haven't realized is there's still no deal in place for the fact that first-teamers have to play. Right now, we're still in a limbo period where it's kind of, we don't have an idea of what we're going to do. So as of right now, there's three options on the table. So I apologize, I'm probably going to call this section reading as I'm going to read a little bit here. So here are the three scenarios they have on the table. So here's first one. Sources providing information on the situation to news outlets claim that there are three scenarios currently on the table. One would allow the nine American clubs to set the part, uh, participate in the 2020, uh, 2024 CONCACAF Championship Cup to skip the U.S. Open Cup. So essentially the nine teams that qualify for CONCACAF, you get to skip the U.S. Open Cup if you want to in terms of playing your first teamers. Everybody else wouldn't be able to. You have to play your first team. That's scenario number one. Another possibility presented by the MLS would be give all of their clubs the option to field either the first team or next pro squad for the competition. It seems unlikely that the U.S. soccer would agree to these terms. So in this scenario two, you could play first team or you could play next pro. Obviously, they wouldn't want to do that because if most of them go, let's just play next pro, then they just got what they wanted. So scenario two, probably out. Last one is interesting. Finally, 
MLS clubs could have permission to expand their rosters just for U.S. Open Cup games. Tournament organizers do not have U.S. Open Cup-specific roster restrictions at the moment. MLS currently limits their teams to 30 designated players, but the proposal could see the clubs essentially double their squads for tournament games. So, option one, CONCACAF players, you can just rest. You don't have to play U.S. Open Cup, just nine of those. Option two, you get the option of either Next Pro or your first team. I think that one's ridiculous. Option three, expand the rosters. I think option three makes a lot of sense. I like that idea. I love option three. And we talked about it in in a few episodes back. Like, look at Brazil. Those guys have 30-man rosters. I don't know how that hurts. Like, we're just – with all the MLS rules, like, look, I, I love that the MLS is growing. I think this year with the changes they made to some of the rules and the player player rules, I think we held ourselves back with Messi Mania. Um, add to the rosters. There's a diamond in the rough everywhere. It adds excitement. There's that random kid who scores a banger that you fall in love with. He might not be the best player, but you fall in love with him because, you know, he scored a, a golazo from 18 yards out. So I'm all for – growing it or, or growing the, the, the team size, the, the roster size, excuse me. Um, and you just get less injuries. You give time, you give guys time to, to relax. I'm sure the players would be all for it. Um, I, I love option three. Is there a timeline when this gets figured out? Essentially they've got, um, so first uh, MLS squads don't initially start playing until round three. Uh, which isn't going to be until about like mid-March or whatever. So they've got a while um, to do so. Sorry, I can look at the exact one as I'm stalling to try to see where it mentioned that. Um, Kicks off March 19th. Uh, So the, nevertheless, the competition's first round is set to kick off March 19th. A draw for the first round tournament has not yet been revealed. MLS teams historically do not enter the U.S. Open Cup until the third round. This round of the upcoming competition is scheduled to start in mid-April. So that's when it would have to be push come to shove. Mid-April of, hey, MLS, who's playing? But I I think option three, I agree with you. Makes sense. You and I are in on that. Option one, though, if, say, that's their fail-safe, the nine that make CONCACAF don't have to, like, I don't know. I think... Could you swallow that pill? Let's put it that way. If that was the ruling today, do you think like, well, that's fair enough? I mean, like, I can't. It's one of those things like we just have to. And unfortunately, I feel like it is going to be option one just based on what we've seen in the past with with MLS and, and their decision making. They're very conservative when it comes, especially to new rules. I don't see option three. To me, that makes the most sense. But I don't, I don't see it, especially so abruptly. That feels like something that they would slowly like crawl their way towards. I think it's going to be option one. I'm not going to be too thrilled about it. And as a team that's already struggling with injury issues before a single regular season kick has been hit, it's not going to be good for us. Um, it's it's one of those things. It's like the further you move on in American soccer, getting into CONCACAF Champions League, getting into the Open Cup, now with this, uh, with this Liga MX and, U- and MLS tournament, it's like you're being penalized for, for doing better. Like give these guys a break, give coaching staff options. The bigger roster just makes sense, but I I don't think we see that happen in April. They're going to have to do something. They're going to have to start to figure that out. Cause I'm with you. It seems like everything that they decide to do is shooting themselves in the foot. Option three. I think everybody's going to probably get behind, but I, I would love to hear, engagement from fans on that one like which one would they want to pick and also start to hold mls feet to the fire here like you heard everybody was pissed when you already said like hey we're not going to play first teamers if you do a backdoor deal and like snake this in i you might really start to alienate like a lot of fan bases here no yeah i agree i agree 100 percent well, my man, now let's uh, move on to something that we all love. Stories from around the globe here, as you and I call it, following around the globe, where we take some soccer stories that are going down or some players that you have forgotten about, and we bring it to you. So this week, Jamal, I'll start it off here. And as always, I start off with questions. So 
for our place that we go is actually to Korea. Now, Jamal, mine is a player here that maybe most people have forgotten about. Think, now, it's in Korea, but this player played for Manchester United. Who do you think, if you're thinking Korea Korea. and Manchester Manchester United? One second, I just got a... uh... Repeat that again. I just got an Amber Alert, and it just threw everything out off haywire. <laughs> what was that? I said uh, for this one, when do you, what do you think of when you think of Korea and Manchester United player? Um, Jeez, I, I'm blanking out. I know who you're talking about, but okay. Now this Korean player, player is he's not Korean though. He actually was a part of England's semifinal squad. Now, he was a big Manchester United player, was a part of England's semifinal squad, but now he just signed a contract for FC Seoul Korea. Who do you think I might be talking about? Give me a position at least. Uh, midfielder. I'll go generic. I thought you meant Park Ji Sung, but now the way you're, you're yeah, this. Yeah, I know. It's not. It's our boy, Jesse Lingard. He has now fallen so far leaving from Nottingham Forest now that he signed, I think, like a two- or three-year deal for FC Seoul. How did that guy just fall off the face of the earth, man? Like, he was a part of that squad for the semifinal, was a huge thing for United, and is now playing for FC Seoul because he was a free agent until literally last week. Man, you is just, it's like, it's just such a mess recently. It's like every, every week, there's just a new story with Tin Hog and, and dealing with these players and their personalities. And so, um, you know, I was bummed out about Klopp announcement a few weeks ago, but yeah. then I'm like, well, oh, it could be worse. So could be worse. Uh, that's insane, man. That's I totally forgot about that. I don't know why I thought you meant like one of these older guys, like around the Wayne Rooney era. <laughs> Um, that's what I was trying to allude it to because if I just went too obvious, but in this case, I wanted it to do that because I want everybody that's listening to be like, Oh, he's talking about park. And then now I'm talking about Jesse Lingard. (laughs) Well, Brandon, my story, uh, my balling around the globe today, we don't go too far. Any chance that I can get laughing at another MLS team's expense, I'm all for now. If I can (laughs) laugh at their supporter group, even better. (laughs) Today's uh, Balling Around the Globe takes us all the way to Columbus. They had a pretty good year, made it all the way to, uh, made it all the, way to the finals. Um, but there's an issue with the Nordic. Now, the Nordic is one of their supporter groups. Um, you know, come election season, after uh, the last presidential election, there's always talk of fraud and re-elections. Well, that's what we're going through with Columbus. They, the Nordec supporter group put out a statement on February 8th. Um, the Nordec have received word from election buddy, our third party election administrator, that a member has filed a challenge of our 2024 board election expressing concern that the results do not accurately reflect the vote as it occurred. We have accepted this challenge and we'll begin moving forward with the process. Now they put the statement out and you would think people would be up in arms and be upset. They were just made a mockery of nobody is like behind them. Everyone is just mocking them. Everyone's laughing that this has just become so territorial and this has become such a a big issue as it has. Brandon, is this a new norm that if you don't get something your way, you're just going to call fraud? (laughs) I mean, in terms of get what you want and until you get it, yeah, it's worked out for a lot of people in a lot of different ways. But my God, how do you... How do you have such a mess over there? Like, how does it get to that point? And it's crazy because they had such a, a great year. And you would think, you know, rising tide raises all ships. You would think the supporters are all up in arms. Everyone's having a pint together. Everyone's loving life. And despite their year, they're uh, they're fighting amongst one another. Scary, scary times. Well, you know what? That's what you get. So screw them. I hope it uh, divides their locker room and then it causes chaos on the pitch and we have one less to worry because we got them second round in CONCACAF, man. <laughs> yeah. Look, Columbus, they have their year. They fight with one another. Houstonians, we win championships and we get grills. We're just yep. a different breed out here. <laughs> yeah. Except for all those down years and all that other things. But yes, a thousand percent. We just celebrate. Uh, all right, let's move on to one of our more popular segments because I can't wait till we get to the end here. So I want to dive into this one. So our ball in, ball out. 
Ball in means you're for it. Ball out means you're against it here. So I'm going to stay with kind of giving you some numbers here because we're we I like to set some over unders in this case. Seva K, baby, our Polish man. Seven goals in all competitions. Are you ball in or ball out for Seva? Seven goals in all competitions. I am ball out. Um, Ooh. I just, I haven't seen enough. And I think Sebas is going to just, that guy, something about that guy just screams alpha to me. I think that guy's just, he's not going to let him score. He's going to take every scoring opportunity. It's going to be obnoxiously annoying and I'm going to love every second of it. I am ball out on Seba scoring seven or more because Sebas is just going to lay his wood out there and show everybody who's daddy in that field. <laughs> I can't wait to yell like Seba to Sebas. Like that will be fun to to do for <laughs> everything. Uh, but in this case, I will say the fact that it's all competitions and we have so many games to play, I am going to be ball in for it, but I don't think that's what he's going to be known for. I think we're going to see him be like a setup artist that we really need. I love his passing. I've rated, I've talked about it a lot, how he was one of our highest passing Raider midfield. Granted, he didn't play as many minutes as everybody. So you can skew that a little bit. But when he was on the pitch, he has good placement, man. I think he can be a really great viable option if we do sell Coco down the road. But as of right now, he's got to get on the pitch. I'm big on it. Seven goals all competition. I'm here for that. All right. The next one here. Last season, we had 51 team goals in league play. 2024, under 51 goals. You ball in or ball out? I am balling on under 51 goals. I think... I, I'm not too thrilled about this coming year with all the added stress we have, with all the hurt players we have. I think it's going to be a very rough start. I think we'll get stronger as the year continues and these guys get, get healthier, but I think we're going to have a very rough start. There's going to be a lot of growing pains uh, and ball out on scoring equal to or more than what we did last year. So the thing I will push back on, I'm. this is going to sound weird. I'm glad we're getting our injuries out of the way now because I'm hoping we're going to be healthy as the season goes on. Historically, we haven't been a bad starting team. Like if you look back at our Keones and Fafa Pico years and stuff like that, we had good starts to the season. We just crapped out once summer came around. If we can get off to a good start now, and on top of that, if we're under the belief that Sebas is an upgrade over Baird, 51 goals, we get a real striker, we get healthy at the right time, I think we're going over. I have a feeling that we can possibly solve this problem. More time together, we know how this team wants to play. There's no more worrying about, like, what's our identity. Now, at this point, it's do you fit in. It, I, I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid more than most. I'm thinking of this as, like, heat culture, baby. In the case of Dynamo, we got Dynamo culture. We know how we want to play. Now it's your job to fit in, not fit out. So, over uh, under 51 ball out baby we're going way over all right you know how i feel about ben so i'm just leaving it at that <laughs> i'm telling you man i think this is the year this one is more of a kind of like a ph philosophical one on yours because i read an article that kind of made it interesting and then i actually saw it on the uh the sunderland document sunderland till i die they released season a new three season coming out by the way yeah well it's finally out so i just finished it before you and i jumped on this and they had a segment in there that kind of was like, hmm, I haven't really thought of it that way. So the, the context here, ball in, ball out. Players going on loan, do you think it actually hurts their development in the end? That's, I mean, that's that's too vague to just answer because it always depends on the situation where the player is going to and their style. I feel like I can share this news now because club's no longer around. Tab Ramos? Did not want to send his players to the Valley. Wilmer Cabrera did not want to send his players to the Valley. There's some, there's some players and some situations that make sense for some guys. And there's some that, like you said, stifle where they could have a great year elsewhere, but they come, they come back home and nothing happens. There's a kid I'm trying to remember. He went to, uh, he went to a USL club in North Carolina somewhere. And then we did nothing with him. He was a midfielder with our academy palomino palomino mm. uh, i forgot where they sent him out to in the u in the usl when i was with the toros we wanted him badly i remember we asked uh to to have him down here this is when the toros went independent and um tab was like no not gonna happen i don't want him with you guys um 
for one reason or another. Uh, Matt Jordan had something to say with that as well. But um, that's another topic. He goes to North Carolina, had a decent year. I remember he, he scored some golazos and amount to nothing. So um, I guess I am ball out. If you make an acquisition, if you bring a player to a team, I'd like for him to help the squad immediately uh, because you never know what happens when you, you send a player out on loan. So um, well, I guess I'm ball in that it stifles their growth. Right. So, yeah, I mean, essentially the okay. question is players going on loan. Are you ball? Are you four players going on loan? So I, I get what you're saying. And in this case, yeah, fall out. you, yeah, it stifles their growth. So for, I was always under the impression that like, yeah, of course, if they're not going to get to play, why wouldn't you ship them out? Like that makes sense. But then when I saw it from this player's perspective, it was, and in essence, you can never really develop with a squad because you're playing in England and then suddenly you're in Turkey and then next season you're in Scotland. So I was like, oh, wow. And then the way that they framed it, that alone only benefits the club. And it was like, hmm, financially in terms of if I got rid of you, I just got rid of you financially. Like that only helps me. It doesn't really help you. I don't really care what they do with you this season. And so in this case, after kind of thinking about that, I am a little bit more ball out on players going on loan. I'm under the kind of impression now that I think if you buy it, it's yours and you got to either just write it out or try to get rid of it as quickly as you can. So yeah, I, I think ball out on loans, which is kind of weird. I don't think I would have ever came to that impression. Well, I mean, like we don't have to look far. Look what, look at the, who we loaned out last year. We loaned him out to punish him. We didn't loan out Sebas to grow in Brazil. We loaned him out because him <laughs> and coach didn't really get along. I don't think we've had a successful loan out story in with Dynamo. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's something we'd have to look back to. That might be one of our, our short videos that we're coming out with, but, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see a situation where it's good to loan somebody out. And then, I mean, I guess you could say Quinones were, but we loaned him from somewhere else. Um, yeah, but was a uh, yeah, yeah. Typically loaning guys out, usually not a good, not a good sign. We did it last season with like Vera, right. And I didn't hear anything that he did. Yeah. So, I mean, we loaned Vera I'm, I'm out. There's, you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's never, at least on our end, uh, Dynamo's end, it's never a good sign when we loan out. Um, so, <laughs> Brandon, I'm going to do a, I'm going to take a quick curveball, throw a quick curveball at you, um, just because of today's wardrobe. Are we ball in or ball out on gold grills? <laughs> um, that's a great question. That to me is like... It, it depends because of who it, it's on. There's some people, like for instance, Paul Wall, like it, he looks weird if he wasn't wearing a grill. You know what I mean? But I think your everyday guy should not be wearing a grill. So you can go fuck yourself, uh, buddy. <laughs> but I think it, but again, you're somebody that I think can pull it off. So like, I'm here for it. If you couldn't, I all would right, tell you. Right. So like that, that's one thing where I, that's where I said, I think it depends because it, it has to look for somebody. Just in everyone, Jamal can pull off a gold grill. I, you know what's funny is that like I'm looking at myself on the screen, right? And it's like you do tend to like show your teeth a little bit more, like you not even thinking listen, about it, baby. Yeah, exactly. Just ball in my mouth insinuates I'm balling. I mean, come on. I got more carrots than Bugs Bunny's lunch. Than Bugs Bunny's lunch. <laughs> I uh, the only thing I've always wanted to see is like how you brush your teeth. Cause there's no way you're using like crest and scope. You know what I mean? Like, are you saying, just oh, using for the like, permanent pol- ones? Yeah. Like are you using like polish and like what I clean a sink with, you know what I mean? Like foil. Yeah. <laughs> well that, and like, do the guys that have the permanent ones, their teeth are like done for They They rot. And when they get them taken off, they need veneers. Um, I think, I think little flip was one of the guys that had like one of the permanent ones. Yeah. I remember cause he had beef with TI and like one of his, like, one of his uh, disses was like, my grills are permanent. And like, it's like, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love little flip though. I, uh, t- I mean, Hey, what yeah. a great, what a great song that he had the way we ball. Uh, no, I just, for me, I've never, I've never worn one. Uh, I mean, like I've worn like a Malachi for sports, but I just always wondered that. I'm like, how do you clean it? And just a flex brought to you by TV, Johnny, just saying. <laughs> man he's always at the rockets games it's funny to see him <laughs> we need to get him to dynamo I mean, games hell yeah we do that would actually be a good collab with him how is he not at today's release him or paul wall uh, that's what i'm saying i'm hoping he was grills. and we just haven't seen anything bro they need to do like a grill giveaway dynamo people right yeah I'm, like I'm, that would I'm, that would be tight 
I'm making this into a TikTok. Hopefully, this goes viral. Dynamo giveaway <laughs> end of season. We need it. I think. Um, <laughs> all right, and then uh, my lights just went out, but it's all good. We yeah. keep trekking. Um, uh, I was like, next I segment. You were doing that, like. I thought you were doing that like as like the TikTok thing, and I was like, "Oh, tight! It's about to be like a show." <laughs> no, no, I wish. Uh, but let me fix my lights as I do that. Introduce the uh, next segment, Brandon. So this one is a concept that you kind of wanted to create it because you are very much the the wrestling fanatic in the sense of all your luchador masks back there, but not like WWE. You're you and I were actually talking before we went on air. We essentially have the same era of quote unquote fandom of like WWE. It's like nineties, like when we were kids and then just like two thousands, like, and that's about it. And for me, like it, it was pretty much like my last knowledge is like Batista and that's about it. I don't even know if he's still around. That's, that's kind of like my wrestling knowledge and you and I were talking about Yeah. Yeah. He's always in movies now. That's the only thing, but like you and I were kind of discussing in this case, how would we want to create like a wrestling lineup or essentially how would you want to take the dynamo players and what kind of wrestling characters would they be? I don't know how you want to frame yours. We just had this as a topic. So we might both have different things. I'm hoping we do, but I was thinking about mine pretty in depthly and I I did have some problems. So I had to adjust, but I can't wait to hear. So this is yours. How did you want to lead it? Oh man. Alrighty. So, uh, you know, I'm like, I keep getting torn because I'm just trying to match personalities of positions. So I have my WWE starting 11. Now we're going to start off with our two center backs. What duo, what better duo than the two brothers, Kane and Undertaker? And yes, they're real life (laughs) brothers. So my two center backs are going to be Kane and Undertaker. They're going to have that chemistry. They know each other. They're massive units. I'm going to have a wall of death back there that nobody's going to be able to penetrate from there we're going to go to our left and right backs my left back is going to be mankind because the guy was just nuts the guy was crazy kind of like our escobar you don't know what's what's he going to bring the guy's unhinged if someone messes with one of our players that's going to be the muscle that's going to come with his table with his with his uh, thumbtacks and just throw him on the floor and (laughs) slam you onto them uh my right back is going to be triple h I want somebody a little bit bigger, a little muscle. And I think I went Triple H just because, like, there's that that's a uh, jacked up Dorsey, in my opinion, like with the hair and everything. So Triple H is my right the back. Very jacked up Dorsey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my CDM, my number six, is going to be Stone Cold because uh, that's the guy you just want. That's my captain. That's the guy who's going to be the enforcer. He's going to call the shots on defense and offense. Um, he's the uh, he's the, the first line of defense, and he's the first point of the attack. So Stone Cold Steve Austin, no one is messing with my number six. Um, <laughs> my now I'm, I'm I'm kind of going like all over the place because I'm just thinking of the wrestler, not the actual position. My winger, one of my wingers, is going to be Shawn Michaels. Um, he has the speed, he has the size. I feel like your wingers are always that like obnoxious loudmouth. Kind of, kind of. I mean, look, Cristiano, right? Like they're kind of they they like to be the diva. They like to be the 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 showstopper. Um, so uh, my winger is going to be Shawn Michaels. My number eight is going to be Brett the Hitman Hart. Always cool, always calm, always collective. My other winger, I need speed. I need someone who's quick. I need someone who's fast. It's going to be Rey Mysterio Jr. What better, Ooh. what better guy? And then we already have our, our surge guys wearing the luchador mask. So it's a match made in heaven. My striker is going to be the greatest wrestler of all time. The rock. You want somebody who's arrogant, someone who's cocky. You want a Sebas out there and what better guy than the rock? So I think, what am I missing? I'm missing, I'm missing another midfielder and a keeper. No. Yeah. I was going to say, who's your keeper? Yeah. So, um, the keepers, the keeper is the hardest, hardest uh, one for me to call. My, uh, excuse me, my other midfield, my other midfielder, I think is going to be uh, Randy Orton. He seems like a guy who just gets business done. I was thinking John Cena, but that's too many divas at that point. The Rock, Stone Cold, John Cena. You have too many guys. John, uh, excuse me, Randy Orton seems like he's okay with being in the shadows. He was part of Triple H's group. Uh, when, when I stopped watching was when he was like barely getting into it. So I don't know. I'm not like the hugest Randy Warren guy, but I know he was a huge name at one point, but he didn't start out 
as a huge name. He he played the backup role a little a little well. So that's my my other midfielder. I just need him to be quiet, do his job, no issues at all. My keeper. Now I want to go the great Kali because he's just massive and he could just sit there. <laughs> but the guy up. doesn't. Yeah, he's not very nimble, doesn't doesn't move too well. So my keeper is going to be a guy that I did not appreciate as a kid. But as I'm like reading all these like Dark Side of the Ring shows and stuff like that, I'm realizing how crazy of an athlete he was. It's going to be Bam Bam Bigelow. That's my keeper. Big, Whoa. Can, can guard a lot just by standing there, but he has the athleticism. He has the quickness to, to move around. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be Bam Bam Bigelow. So that's my starting WWE 11. So... One, the only thing I would have done, I would have pushed back on keeper. I'm going Eddie Guerrero because that guy can fly from post to post. Um, now, this is perfect because you did wrestlers to 11 to where now I've taken dynamo players and essentially given them the roles as wrestlers. Now, you and I did not mean to like, like, we didn't even talk about this. So I didn't know how you wanted to structure this. So this is perfect. So what I mean by this is like, who would be the heel, who's the WWE champion, things like that, right? Got it. So in my case, let's start first with the tag team. So you have your tag team champions, and then you have those guys that are like always challenging those tag teamers, right? So this would be like your WrestleMania headliners, everybody's cheering for them. So your tag team champions are going to be Seba and Sebas, because that's just a wrestling, like, chef's kiss name that they can do there. And they're going to have the finishing moves, like the Seba. Now... You're, they're challengers, the ones that are always facing them, the crowd favorites that everybody's cheering for them. Now, the Seba and Sebas, people are booing them. They're like the champions, but they get booed. The ones that everybody really loves is Bossy on tour because they're the ones that are the crowd favorites, probably pick everybody up. I can see Bossy's that. Bossy's more of the showmanship. Artur, he's more the quiet guy that gets the job done, and he's always loyal as shit, you know? Now, the main one, right? You always have to have who's the WWE champion, who's the challenger, and the thing with both of those guys, they always have that, like, right henchman, right? Who's always kind of more, in an essence, like, the better wrestler, but they're always the right-hand man, you know? And they, like, do the dirty work for them. So your champion, I'm going to go with a curveball here, because I know everybody probably thinks it's going to be Ache Ache. No, I have him as, like, the challenging heel. My champion is Svetchenko. He's got the look for it, the jaw, the works. Now, the best part is, is who's, like, their henchman, Right. For Ache Ache, my guy that I think is like always got his back and is always a little bit rougher, it's going to be Coco. I know he's got the look for it. He's got the hair, throwing a little bit of shades. I know Escobar might have been a proper one there, but not, not too pretty for that role. Now for Svechinkos, my favorite one, it's going to be Steve Clark. He's his right-hand man, the crazy haircut. He's the guy that like smashes beer bottles and goes through like tax and all that stuff. There's going to be your lineup there for how the Dynamo players will fit in for wrestlers. <laughs> you know who would be a perfect wrestler that we've talked about? Doesn't even play for the Dynamo. Uh, our buddy in Real Salt Lake. Diego Luna. Oh, man. Diego Luna out there. That guy, the that guy has a look. Yeah, exactly. Oh, dude. He, would, he would have – oh, he would definitely have a look. I can just see him pulling up on a Harley like every match. <laughs> Hardcore, hardcore Diego Luna. Um, all right, Brandon, one more uh, one more segment to end the show. It's the season of love. It's Valentine's Day. Well, it's the day after Valentine's Day. But, uh, you know, typical men, we forgot and we celebrated a day late. So, Brandon, <laughs> out of the Houston Dynamo, who's your Dynamo Valentine? My Dynamo Valentine, believe it or not, I'm going to go with a shocker here. It's going to be Ben. I have been trying so hard here to kind of push the narrative that we're going to be supportive of this guy. And what I mean is I'm buying into his style of play, his coaching. I have a, I drink in the Kool-Aid. For me, this is the make or break year. If, if we're really garbage, I'm going to be quite upset, but I don't think we are. I think the locker room is set. The atmosphere is there. This is a team poise for a run. I think a lot of people, when we look back on this, won't credit Ben enough. I think his style has really given us an identity. I can't wait to clip this and prove you wrong. Uh, I know. My, uh... Yeah, trust me. <laughs> but if I'm right, I'm here early. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to bring like real life scenarios into this, and you know, sometimes your other half lets you down, disappoints you. You're expecting too much, and they just don't come through. 
my Dino Valentine has to be Griffin Dorsey because I did not expect anything from him. I wasn't expecting much. I was ready to be let down. And boy, did he come through. He didn't come with just a bouquet of flowers. He came with two dozen roses. He came with the chocolates. He took me to my to my favorite restaurant. He whined and dined me. <laughs> and for that reason, Griffin Dorsey is my Dino Valentine. I love you. Thank you for going above and beyond always. And thank you for being there when I needed you most. I love you, Griffin. XOXO. Yeah, until like he like slips, falls, or like blows past him, scores goals. Like, why are we playing him on the wing? He had one good season. <laughs> no, I'm with uh, you. That's actually a very good take, man. I I do like that because you're right. He he did everything exceptionally and more. Yeah. Well, Brandon, we just hit our minute mark to end the thing for this week's episode. We're gonna slow it down. I'm Jamal, and I'm Brandon, and this is the way we ball. Thank you.